Welcome to the Flourish Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode as we learn, grow, and flourish together as a community of women. Hi, this is Penny. Thank you for joining me today for this podcast. We are working through a series of lessons on building teams. We're focusing mostly on building teams within your local church, and we're also using an acronym from Isaiah 61, 1 through 4. And the acronym is the word TREES, T-R-E-E-S. Today, we are going to begin looking at the letter R, which is restored. Last time we spoke about T being teachable, and this time we're going to focus on being restored. Now, the section of scripture that we've used as a text for this series is Isaiah 61, 1 through 4. And if you look at that, you will see that it's all about being restored. It talks about having good news brought to the afflicted, having broken hearts bound up, having liberty come to captives, freedom to prisoners, and seeing the favorable year of the Lord. When you're mourning, being comforted, having a garland instead of the ashes in our lives. Oil of gladness replaces mourning. The spirit, the mantle of praise replaces a spirit of fainting. And in the process of all that, we become oaks or trees of righteousness. But you can see from that section of scripture that that is very much a process. And in that process, there is a lot of restoration going on. There's a lot of healing. There's a lot of having our hearts opened and having God do surgery on our hearts. Because let's face it, in the human condition that we're in, we all have unique and sobering heartaches, frailties, weaknesses, struggles, every single one of us. But in the context of building strong teams and strong leadership teams even, that comes into play as well. Because you don't come to be part of a team in a perfect state. We come with our issues. We come with our struggles. We come with our weaknesses. And we work together to become a useful and viable and helpful team in whatever that area of ministry is. So in the process of being team members together, it's important that as we learn to trust one another and as we learn to be more vulnerable and open and teachable, we allow our lives and our hearts to begin to be more deeply restored. We have to be willing to look at our weaknesses. I've taught a lesson a couple of times entitled Facing Our Frailties. Surprisingly, the group I spoke to was a lot of leader-type individuals because sometimes as leaders, we feel it's necessary to put forward such a strong um, face or a strong posture. And in reality, leaders are like everyone else. They have weaknesses, just like Paul talked about in the Bible, how he even gloried in his weakness, because 
God's strength was perfected in the midst of that. Because as we trust him and rely solely on him, he gives us strength where we were once weak. But we have to allow the the pain and the raw spots in our lives to be touched. We can't hide them. We can't put up walls. We can't run from them or pretend like they don't exist. We have to, in our humility, allow the right people to come in and come alongside us. I shared last time that that has happened to me many, many times. I've had to have people speak into my life to challenge me, to correct me. Sometimes it was family members. Sometimes it was my husband. Sometimes it was my children. Sometimes it was a friend. Sometimes it was a team member. But I had to allow the areas where there was still pain and weakness to be touched by others. I couldn't come across as though they did not exist. Or that because I'm now a pastor's wife, I've arrived at this level of perfection or maturity that I don't have weaknesses anymore. I'm going on 65 years old this year, and I still have plenty of weaknesses. And there are still plenty of times where I need to allow the Lord to examine my heart and to deal with weaknesses in my life. There are times I actually go to others and say, look, this is a problem. I I need help overcoming this. I need you to look inside my heart and tell me, what do you see? What's going on in there? Um, Oftentimes, there's a healing that needs to take place in our lives. The culmination of Isaiah 61, 1 through 4, is in verse 4, where he talks about becoming these really strong oaks of righteousness that will be able to go and help all kinds of other people and restore and bring, bring wholeness to them. But the bottom line is you cannot become that person without receiving verses 1 through 3. That often happens in the midst of a group of other people and through the words or the touch or the encouragement of another. Psalm 147 verse 3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. The condition to that is we have to allow him. And sometimes that happens when we're by ourselves and we're reading the word and or we're praying and God just speak something into our hearts that is so encouraging and so helpful and just really touches that spot that needed help. But I have honestly found in my life that oftentimes those healing touches come from the individuals around me. So if you're trying to build a team, especially a team that is set on a vision of being those restorers, being those encouragers, influencing others, coming alongside others, then we have to make allowances and a place within that team, within the framework of that team, to allow people to be healed and to touched and to open their hearts up in such a way that we can see sin, weakness, struggles, issues, and not ever look at them negatively. 
we have to be able to say, there go I. I mean, honestly, it helps me so much to avoid judgments by realizing how weak I am myself. It helps me not to look down on other people when I just look in the mirror. So when we're talking about building teams and we're talking about having strong teams that can really make a difference in the life of the church or in the life of other people, this is part of the puzzle. This is part of the equation. Being the type of person that says, I'm going to allow these people in my life. I am going to allow them to see my weaknesses and areas where I need to change. And I am even going to allow them to challenge me, encourage me, pray with me. There's a verse in the Bible, I don't have it in front of me right now, that says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you might be healed. That's what we're talking about here. The ability to be restored, the ability to let other people into your heart, into your life, into your weaknesses, and then let God touch you through them. That's why we're a body of Christ. We're not just lone individuals. We are people that are supposed to be there for one another and be able to be what Isaiah 61 says, healers, restorers, helping people become free in their lives. That's what the body of Christ is supposed to look like. So we're going to end this podcast with this letter R and just maybe take some time and think through that. Think about if there are areas in your life where you know you're struggling, you know you're in a lot of pain. Maybe there are areas of dysfunction. Maybe you're having a lot of dysfunction in your, in your family life. Maybe you're having dysfunction in other relationships. Maybe you're struggling in your thought life. Maybe you're just experiencing some weaknesses just like the rest of us. But you've been very reluctant to let anybody else in your life to touch those things. Maybe you've been betrayed in the past. Maybe you've been vulnerable and someone has really hurt you in the midst of that vulnerability. It doesn't help to make a vow and say, okay, well, I'll never do that again. I'll never be vulnerable again. I'm done with that. We have to stay pliable. We have to stay open. We have to not shut the door or put up walls in our life because that way all the damage and the baggage stays. It, it's not able to leave. It's not able to be touched because we won't allow it to be. So no matter how many times I've been hurt, no matter how many times maybe even someone has taken information that I've shared at a vulnerable moment and used it in a wrong way, I refuse to close my heart off. I refuse to not be willing to take risks. I'm going to take the risk. I'm going to put myself out there. I want to love fearlessly. And in order to do that, I have to risk allowing people to help me to be restored. So I just want to encourage you to consider those things. Consider if there's an area in your life where you need to allow someone to come alongside you, to pray with you, to stand with you, to challenge you even, to be accountable with. Consider that. 
Because in order to really be a member of any great team, whether it's your family, whether it's the church, whether it's any situation, this is part of the process. And so I hope you're encouraged by this. Thanks again for being with me. Love you. Thanks for listening to the Flourish Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. For more information about Flourish, our annual conference, or to join our community of women, visit nrpflourish.com. See you next time.